smarter use cases for your IoT project. I'm Tanya Hall, and joining me is Rob Rastovich, IoT Platforms Leadership Award winner and Chief Technology Officer at ThingLogix. Welcome, Rob. Thanks, Tanya. Nice. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. So, what does ThingLogix do? So ThingLogix was uh, probably the best way to understand ThingLogix is to kind of understand our genesis of where we came from. So originally we, the three founders of uh, ThingLogix were with a company called Telemetry. Uh, we were a startup that we, uh, in uh, the Denver area. And we were, our goal was to build a, an ingestion layer for IoT data. You know, millions and millions of records coming in at simultaneous connections. Um, that was in the early 2000s. Um, we actually ended up selling that company to Amazon, and that is today what most people would know as AWS IoT. So the IoT web service that um, Amazon provides was the technology that we developed. So after post acquisition, most of the um, most of the team went to AWS. Uh, I happened to live on a cattle ranch in, in the middle of central Oregon, and there's no place for cows in the middle of Seattle. So um, two of the other partners and I um, decided to take the uh, customers that we had and provide professional services around IoT, uh, around the technology that we just sold to Amazon. So uh, because Amazon wanted the tech, they didn't want the customers. So we started developing professional services around that. Well, as uh, one thing would lead to another, we soon realized that, you know, delivering an IoT project had common components that would have to be done each time. Uh, very, not unlike what I call with, um, you know, salesforce.com, I imagine, you know, uh, Mark Benioff and Parker Harris were sitting around one day going, you know, I got an idea. <laughs> Everybody wants a CRM, but they all keep provisioning a database and they all, have a contact database and an account database and they put first name and last name and email and mobile number. Why don't we just give them all that? And then um, they can have a CRM and they can get up and going right away instead of having to, you know, trying to figure out, you know, all the database and the Java versions and the application layers and servers and whatnot. So um, ThingLogix actually provides a service and a, and a platform very similar to that. So what we did is we found the common components of an IoT solution you know, asset management, asset tracking, workflows, the ability to write custom code, you know, and put it in line, um, managing large amounts of data, all that stuff built around the um, AWS IoT core. So um, we have a platform, we call it Foundry, and Foundry is our, um, our delivery, so our, our solution to implementing um, IoT projects. Rob, you believe the convergence of the Internet of Things and artificial intelligence are a match made in heaven. Yeah. What technologies had to mature to make this union happen? Well, that was that was the very first thing. So I spent probably I spent, you know, 25, 30 years in professional services and delivery and you know, consulting. And anytime you walk into a customer when you say, OK, here I have this problem. Um, um, the first thing you start looking at is where do you put your code? Where do you make, where do you put your logic? And the thing with the, the problem we ran up against with the internet of things is was there, there was no place to put our code. Therefore the thing logics really was a, um, 
was born out of the idea of where do you put the logic? Where do you put the code? Where do you put that intelligence? Um, I always say there's a, there's a process, there's a life cycle to an IoT project. Uh, first thing is I want to connect my temperature sensor, right? So they send up and we see the data flowing up and the customer goes, that's so cool. Look, I can see my data flowing up. Then the next thing they say is, well, can you put it in a graph? Oh yeah, okay, they put it in a graph and now I can see temperature going up and down. Then they say, can you send me a text when it gets above 100 degrees? Yeah, I send them a text. They go, this is awesome. We're going to sell 10,000 of these. And then they have what I call the oh moment, like, oh no, what are we going to do? How are we going to connect all these and manage all these? And the next thing is don't send, turn off the text, shut off the graphs, make the temperature sensor smart enough to lower itself when it's supposed to, raise it when, it's, when it needs to, connect it to other things, put intelligence in it. And that's really what ThingLogix did is when we started, when we got past the, you know, sending messages, we got past the ability to do an MQTC feed from one to the other, we needed the ability to put code in a framework so that we could put that intelligence and then start leveraging things like machine learning, you know, um, AI type of, of SageMaker algorithms, those kinds of things. So. When we, um, when ThingLogix started to develop this framework, what we call Foundry, we now found that, all right, all these technologies could finally come together. Machine learning, predictive analytics, large data sets, data lakes, you know, connecting um, a temperature sensor to, you know, the thermostat and the thermostat to the house and the house to the city and the city to the county and all those kinds of things you needed a place to put that and that's really i think in the last two or three years those technologies and that um that uh, and i keep calling it a framework because we have in, in tech we have a bunch of these frameworks you know um how to develop a website we have frameworks we have you know angular is a framework on how to do things but really what we needed was a best practices and a framework around how to put in an iot solution what regulatory or technological hurdles must we address so that AIoT can continue to evolve? Well, um, I, I, fear is the first one. Um, and I think, you know, a lot of times we get accused in the IoT world of um, we're developing, you know, the big brother and, um, you know, the, the, you know, the loss of privacy. Um, so I do think in terms of regulatory and legislative types of, of actions that need to be taken is we need to make sure that, you know, we are, you know, staying within the guardrails. Um, I think that there is a, um, as technicians, there's a, there's an, ethic, an ethics and a moral code that we need to follow. Um, and I think a lot of times in these uh, in colleges, we and I've talked to a number of college professors, and they're starting to, I think, <clears throat> put those in their majors and, and at least talk about it. But um, we do need to kind of stay within the guardrails. I'm not a big fan of a large legislation. Um, I, you know, I think it kind of starts to hamper us a little bit. But um, in terms of data privacy and um, data sharing, all those kinds of things we need those types of guardrails on the technicians so it doesn't get out of control because it easily could. 
What about smaller businesses? Are, are there ways they can leverage AI and IoT together? Yes, and I think, you know, and that's one of my, um, that's, that's really kind of my hot button is these small businesses and how the business model needs to change. Best example I have, I had a, uh, a pool supply, a jacuzzi maintenance supply, or um, uh, they would, or what they call pool maintenance companies. They go out, you know, they fix your jacuzzi and they clean your pool and those kinds of things. And they came to us and they said, well, we want to take the next step up in terms of uh, where our business needs to go. So their idea was we want to web, we want to update our website so that people can order our supplies on there so that they can schedule an appointment so that, you know, we can, you know, they can uh, add new customers and we can get new leads. And my point to them was that's the old business model, right? That is the, the business model of 2000. The new business model for small uh, companies like that is to find a connected product. So for the jacuzzi guy, what we said, let's, don't, let's not do that. Let's invest in a connected pump, a connected pool pump or a jacuzzi pump. The pump had the ability to sense pH levels in your alkaline and your chlorine, and it sent data back to us. So now you go and you sell a subscription to your customers. You sell a subscription model that includes, instead of them having to go to your website and order, the chemicals arrive when they need it. Um, instead of them having to schedule a maintenance repair after everything is broke, the pump is you know, sending back data and we use AI and predictive maintenance to you know, schedule those and move those and, and change those pumps out before they break. It's a different model of, and I always call it the reactive business, right? Where, okay, something happened and we want our customers to think of us and to come to us and react and we want to be the ones to supply them or more of a connected proactive model where we are not just, you know, you don't just call me whenever we are monitoring your pool. We are making sure your supplies are there. We are, um, you know, using the technology to be in, uh, be proactive in servicing whatever it is. And you can do that at any level. So pools are a good example, but even, you know, washing machines and appliance repair and security and, all these small businesses and services companies out there, I think we need to start moving to more of a subscription type of economy where we have a more lasting relationship with these customers as opposed to trying to get them to come to us. So for a third decade AI driven IOT model, what are the most important questions to, to answer in the planning phase? As we move into the next phase, that's a good question. Um, um, I think, um, so as a, as a, um, rancher, right, because I live on a farm with a bunch of cows, you know, on a ranch, we always have, uh, we say that, you know, necessity is the mother of invention, right? Where you have a need and you, um, you know, you try to invent or create something to fix it, move it forward, make it easier you know, get more efficiency um, what you're doing. I think a lot of times in technology, we reverse that, where we have invention as the mother of necessity. Just because you can do a thing doesn't mean you should do a thing. I think what we have been, you know, because we can, can, we can actually make a connected washing machine doesn't necessarily mean we should make a connected washing machine. Uh, a lot of times what we do is we come up and we say, look what I can do. I can connect these things and I can make all this. 
And then we hand it over to the marketing department and say, now go create the need for it. You know, I think we got to reverse those a little bit and get that common sense approach of, you know, let's find what the real needs are. Let's solve real problems uh, in the world as opposed to the ones that are kind of a low hanging fruits, you know? And I think a lot of times, um, and I always used to say this back in the days when we did desktop publishing, you know, when Photoshop came out and you could make a radio blend on the Photoshop and you could take in every magazine, every cover in the world had a radio blend. And that doesn't make it great design. So just because you can do a thing doesn't mean you should do a thing. Um, and I think in the next decade, what we really need to be doing is addressing, um, you know, what those needs are as opposed to kind of what we can do. Rob Rastovich, Chief Technology Officer at ThingLogics. If somebody wants to connect with you, Rob, maybe they want to find out more about the work that you're doing. How can they do that? Uh, kick me an email, rob at thinglogics.com or uh, LinkedIn. Uh, there's only one Rob Rastovich on LinkedIn, so you, you, won't, have time, you won't have a hard time finding me. Uh, but also visit our website at, at ThingLogics too, and you can um, get connected with me. Well, thanks again for your time, Rob. Thanks, Tony. I appreciate it. And find and subscribe to more of my interviews right here on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or at tanyahall.net. Thanks for watching.